Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And now you need the water. <laughs> now I'm grateful. So you had long hair. Yeah, I mean, like not long hair, but like the Justin Biebery one when it was like just. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it was normal. Everyone had it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was in. Mine uh, was down to my shoulders at one stage. Did I ever show you that pic? No. I should show you something. I should. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Jo- uh, uh, Joanna's seen it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. You've seen it, yeah. When you used to sing for a Britpop song, something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, I looked a little bit like a cross between... Um, uh, who's the lead singer of The Verve? Oh, I oh, don't know his name. You know his name? Yeah, but I know the guy. Richard. I forgot his name. Him and Luka Modric. That was basically the cross. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both got the same style nose. You too had long hair. I did, yes. I've seen that picture. Yeah, I, I haven't. I just go on my Facebook. I just—it's the first profile picture I've ever uploaded. Nothing happened since. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's I won't be able to find your Facebook then. Because now Helga looks like a respectable citizen of the world. Exactly. Back then, I wouldn't have messed with him. That's the, that's the sort of look it was. And now he's like getting water. You don't even ask. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's a respectable citizen now. Yeah. I like him now. I don't know if we would have been friends back in the day, though, Helga. We're still not friends. Fucking hell. Wow. Anyway. Gonna cut that one out, Yeah, we'll cut that one out. Someone's not taking part in the podcast again. He's not being invited. You and Phil, you're good, but Helga, mm-mm. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Helga Voltman. Hi. Phil Costa. Hello. And Joanna Bueno. Hi. As ever, should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. We do really appreciate them, so keep them all coming in. Uh, so the Champions League draw was on Monday. Uh, lots happened in between, but in case you spent the last few days on Mars and missed the entire thing, here's how it broke down. Dortmund v PSG, Madrid v Man City, At- Atalanta v Valencia, Atletico Madrid v Liverpool, Bayern v Chelsea, Leon v Juventus, Tottenham v Leipzig, Napoli v Barcelona. So we'll go through each one of these and predict... Uh, who's going to come out on top? And as with any good examination, I'd, I'd like you to all back up your uh, your answers with evidence. Uh, Dortmund PSG, Joanna. Well, I'd say PSG, and but they're bottlers. They always bottle it. <laughs> well, I, I I still don't think Dortmund has found themselves this season, and I still think Lucien Favre is about to, you know, be sacked anytime. So maybe after this match. So yeah, PSG is still favorite tier. Uh, to, I don't know. Like to me, it's like the most interesting game. Like, oh, okay. In the sense of, I think it's going to be very fun to watch because both teams, you know, like to attack, but also are prone to maybe just, as you said, bottle it and like mess it up. Um, to me, it's also very hard to predict who's going to win because I don't know the form. If Dortmund is in good shape, which they had over a couple of games you know during the season so far then they're, they I think they can challenge PSG but they also had then like stretches where it has been terrible so it really depends on to me like on the on the shape they are in at that time which is still some time out so like to me it's actually like, the most open game and probably most fun to watch Phil? 
Well, it's going to be a good one for sure because especially it's nice because Tuchel's coming back as well. It's Tuchel Darby. Um, but I think on paper, PSG have too much for Dortmund and I think they'll win pretty comfortably in the end. Okay. Madrid v Man City. This is... Whoa, that's right up there. Anybody want to go first on that one? I'm, I'm back in City here. I just think Real Madrid lack... A little something. Uh, their midfield is good. Um, they've got some legs and energy in there now when they looked a bit bit old and stale in there maybe last season. Um, but even when City aren't very good, they're still, you know, very good. Um, and I just think their peak is probably higher than Real Madrid and the league won't be an issue um, for City. So I think they'll put all the eggs in, in the Champions League basket and Pep will want it. So... And then leave. And leave in a blaze of glory leave to Juve. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is his dream. It is. As he says. Anybody disagree? No, no. I have to agree with him. Oh, okay. I, I think it's also an interesting duel, but yeah, Man City is a bit better. Are you interested in Atalanta v Valencia? Yes, actually. What? I think that's an interesting match because I didn't expect anything from either of them in the group stage and they both surprised me. So I still think Valencia has a bit more of experience because, you know, it's Atalanta's first time and it was a huge shock that it's in the, in the group, in the knockout stage. But... I think that should be interesting. I think what also is fun with it is that everybody was kind of hoping to get those teams. That you know, all the big teams. Yeah. Were there. This would be a nice thing, and they would have probably gone out quite, you know, like quite um, decisively. But now they're actually facing teams that they can, that they can beat. Like both of them could actually make it through, so that's actually make, making the game or like the games involving them more exciting. Yeah, and they both started the group stage very badly, but they grew along the competition. So it should be interesting to see how they behave in the knockout stage. Okay, Atletico Madrid v Liverpool. Somebody's got to be interested in this one. <laughs> like yeah. all of us. I have a feeling Atletico Madrid might cause a bit of an upset here. Anybody with me? Well, I, I think nobody likes to play against them. It's just a, a thing, that's how it is. Like Nobody wants to actually play them, especially in knockout stages, because they're just so hard to, to break down. So, yeah, I think they have a shot. To me, Liverpool is still a clear favorite, but I think they, they definitely could make it through as well if, if they have a good day. We think City will be too focused on the... I won't be too focused on the league, but will yeah. Liverpool be too focused on the league and not really care about the Champions League? I mean, it, it's important to know that this is going to take place in late February um, or in February. So, honestly, I think they've got the league wrapped up already. <laughs> so, no one wants to play Diego Simeone in a two-legged tie because no one can defend like him and his teams. Um but they've lacked a lot up front this year. I mean, Jao Felix hasn't quite kicked on. He's been injured. Morata's a bit inconsistent. Costa's injured. So I think even if they do defend well, Liverpool will eventually find a way through. It won't, it won't be by a big margin, but I think I, they'll still win. And quality-wise, they're just yeah. way ahead of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, recreation of a former uh, Champions League final, Bayern v Chelsea. Bayern. Yeah. Bayern will do that, won't they? They should. They should. Yeah, honestly, you know, they since since Flick has come on, they have been like they've been way better. They've lost two games, but I think in those games they had like forty chances and only scored two goals. It was just a lot of bad luck involved. But they press better. They they have like tactically they have improved a lot. They still have individually very good players, and also if you compare the teams on like on this level, like on the on the individual level, they're just way ahead. Okay. 
Hard to argue with that. Or Phil, did you want to argue? No, I think oh. Chelsea have done really well under Lampard, um, but they've sort of hit a bit of a, a wall, which is normal with young young sides. You know, their, their form is patchy. Um, but Helga's right, you know, Bayern have sort of finally clicked into gear now. Um, and I think they'll they'll probably have too much for them again. Okay. You were excited about Atalanta against Valencia. How do you feel about Leon against Juventus? Well, I think Juventus is just going to crush them. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a very balanced (laughs) adversary like Atalanta and Valencia. I think it will be... Especially with the injuries to Lyon as well. Yeah, exactly. Like without Memphis Depay, then I have absolutely no trust in Lyon in this group knockout stage. Okay. Uh, Tottenham Leipzig. Oof. Looking at me here. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I can also look at Phil. Yeah. But I'm no, ha- happy for either one of you to take this one on. Yes. Be my guest. Be, be your guest, yeah. Um, I think it's... Leipzig top of Bundesliga. Yeah. What, what was interesting for me is that when this draw was made, a lot of, uh, let's say, English-based commentators were like, oh, Tottenham got Leipzig, that will be easy. This was the nicest draw, they, one of the nicest draws they could have got. But well, that to me exposes an ignorance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly won't be easy. Um, but I think there's a lack of experience on, on Leipzig's uh, side just because they haven't been in, in a knockout stage uh, in the Champions League ever. Uh, on Tottenham side, of course, you have Mourinho who just knows how to do this. They also, they were in the final last year, so they, they know how to get through, uh, through on these. Um, I would give the advantage because of that to Tottenham, but on the other hand, um, it's it's not an easy draw at all like, like Leipzig is, is very hard to play against they're offensively strong but I think we're going to talk about that later a little bit as well mm. the Bundesliga part um, but yeah like it's, it's not a not a fun draw for, for Tottenham at all no I wouldn't have thought so Napoli Barcelona anybody? Well, I, I think Napoli is a bit of an incognita. How can they perform after sacking the coach? And they just qualify for the knockout stage and then they sack the coach right after. And they were like doing strikes and everything. So I think it, it's a bit of a turmoil there. So it's hard to guess what Napoli is able to do. And, you know, Barcelona is always Barcelona in the Champions League. So... I think we have a clear favourite here. What about, I mean, last week the, the crew that were on suggested that Liverpool were the favourites. After the draw, is that still the consensus amongst everybody? Yeah. Helga, you're nodding. Yeah, yeah and I, <clears throat> I think in general just they have the best squad That's and they, they've shown that they can, they can do it. Um, in the end, I, I think you always have like the, the typical other teams that can make it, like like uh, City or if Real Madrid comes through, like then definitely they they have to be be counted with. Um, Barcelona is very boring and weird this year, but <laughs> but you know they they might still make it. Like it also depends. Like they they I think they're going to get to the next stage, and then like who are they going to draw? Um, but in general, I think like just from quality, it's it's Liverpool quite clearly. Okay. Yeah, I think Liverpool is by far the best team there, but I, you know, we've seen last season that anything can happen in the knockout stage of the Champions League, mm. even if you win like with a three-goal difference the first match. So, but uh I w- I would bet on Man City because they are fighting for the Champions League for a long time. They have been losing, being knocked out with like last-minute goals, and they're not going to win the league this year. So I think they'll bet everything they can on the Champions League, and we know Guardiola can do it. So. 
Yeah, I'm, I think Liverpool is all. I just think they're the best team, uh, most settled team. You know, they've got a, a winning formula and they've got that sort of annoying trait that all winning teams have where they just win somehow uh, by any means. Um, and I think, I mean, it'll be quite an achievement to retain it, but I think why why wouldn't they be able to? God, it would be amazing if they retained it, wouldn't yeah. it? Really would be. And win the league on top. And win the uh, league on top. Oh. They'll be building <laughs> statues to clop outside Damn Anfield me. if they do. Yeah. Uh, it'll be unsufferable. Uh, as for the Europa League, Phil, you're well, Arsenal. You're Arsenal. <laughs> Thursday night. The best European competition. Yeah. Uh, you're Arsenal. Yes. Olympiacos. Yes, again. You, again. How again. do you feel? <laughs> How does that sit with you? Um, it's fine. I mean, they gave Spurs some trouble in the group stage, but we should be fine. I mean, I say this now, <laughs> um, but we actually don't have a great record uh, against them. We've played eight, one, four, lost four, but a lot of the games we've lost have been the last game of the group stages. Uh, so yeah. we take like all the 16 year olds there and, you know, it doesn't really matter if we lose. Um Good away day, Athens. Mm. Yeah, Paris, nice day. Um, but have you, have you been before? I have, yeah. Oh. I was young though. Right. Um, but I, I would expect Arsenal to, to get through. Okay. Famous last words. And eventually win it, of course. <laughs> oh, hopefully. Uh, Joanna, worryingly, you had nothing better to do on Tuesday or Wednesday evening. So you actually watched some Club World Cup? Yes, I did. Wow. Maybe the only person here that did that. <laughs> you are 100% the only person here who, yeah? Yeah. yeah we're getting nodding yeah, 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 heads here. Yeah. Yeah. We obviously have much better things to do in life than watch uh, Flamengo and Liverpool. But how are the two games? Oh, well, as a fan, Flamengo's match was not what I expected because they started losing. But then... Uh, of course, uh, Alilal had played all they could in the first half, and Flamengo's much better as a team and as a squad. So it, it was just waiting for them to get a bit tired and then, you know, tie the match, control it, uh, overcome it. And then it was, in the end, it was easier than I thought at first. <laughs> Because I saw the score at about, after about, what was it, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, you one nil down and I was tempted to text you and say, ha, 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 but I didn't in the end. Yeah, well, thanks. I wasn't very in a good mood at that moment. Um, But then Liverpool, that was more of a surprise for me because they had a really hard time against Monterey. we would expect Monterey to be more or less like Ali Lal and get tired in the second half and they didn't and they were like very very disciplined and defending very well going out in the counters you could see the like the statistics of the match afterwards they had more shots on goal so they played like really good I think Liverpool's not that used to teams playing um, like believing that they can win Liverpool being so inferior to Liverpool so I think they had a bit of a trouble there and also Klopp you know saved some players put them in the bench didn't start with them but then along came Firmino so the minute I saw him coming in I thought "Mm, I think it's gonna be like making a difference here I was expecting them to go to extra time so that whatever team we face in the final could be like a more tired team but he spoiled that for me okay Um, uh, obviously, we European-based people do not care about the Club World Cup, do we? Not really. No, Never have. nobody cares. But it's big in South America. Yes, it is. Well, it has a bit of uh, to do with our inferiority complex. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, didn't realise we were going to go there, but go for it. Yeah, there's, there, 
was this one um, football, well, writer, but also wrote a lot about football, very famous in Brazil. They used to say that regarding Brazil and especially regarding also football, we have this like street dog complex that we always think we're worse than others. So I think it's like, oh, we're going to face an European team. Everybody says that Barcelona is the best, that Real Madrid is the best. So if we beat them, we're the best. You know, we know no football, right? So in 90 minutes, anything can happen. And we've seen that a lot. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the best. But for the fans back home, yeah, they make a huge party out of that. Didn't you look at like your World Cup record and go, hmm, maybe we are actually not that bad? <laughs> yeah, but that was like before we were three times, well, at that time when he said we were th more or less around three times world champion or okay. going towards that. So, okay. yeah. Uh, did you want to mention your, go on, you can mention your famous 1980s. Oh, but that's like a really big thing. I mean, I don't really Just care. for Flamengo fans or for... For Flamengo fans. Okay, just I don't really Flamengo care fans. about the Club World Cup that much either because to me, we just won the Libertadores and, you know, I've been waiting for that since I was born. So <laughs> that was a big deal. And whatever comes after, of course, you know, it's great, but I don't really expect us to be Liverpool. If we don't get hammered, that's good enough, I think. <laughs> but If we don't get hammered. But 38 years ago... Um, we were expecting to be hammered by Liverpool, even though Flamengo had a huge and amazing team, much better than the one we have today. And it was the time when uh, Europeans, they didn't really have like, you know, satellite TV to find out what's going on in Brazil. So they didn't watch the matches. They knew nothing about Flamengo. And it was the best team that one of the best team squads that ever were in football. And all those guys went to play in Italy afterwards. Was so, Zico part of that squad? Yes, he was. Uh, he was elected the best man, the man of the match. Really? He got a Toyota car. He got a Toyota car? <laughs> yeah. Wow. He, drew, he drove the car along the page and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am interested in the Club yeah. World Cup. So they didn't really expect to, they didn't even know who Flamengo was at the time. And then I think um, this story came along, like the coach said, we don't really know who they are or how they play. So, you know, you take that to the dressing room and it's a motivational speech and everybody just came along wanting blood. So it was 3-0 in the first half. It would be nice if we could do that again, but I'm not that uh, unrealistic. Okay. The final is Saturday? The final is Saturday. Does the man of the match win a Toyota car? No. Not this time Maybe around. just a bit of oil. I don't know. No. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what they mean now, because now it's FIFA. It's not... Uh, okay. Yeah. It's not as much fun. No. Uh, okay. Your quick prediction then. Well, I think Liverpool wins, but I'm expecting... Flamengo doesn't know how to play good teams. Flamengo, usually, Flamengo is usually the best team. Like in the past six months, everyone we faced, we were the best team. So it's going to be hard. We don't know how to play defensive like Monterrey did. So uh, I think it might be like a 3-0 or something like that for Liverpool. Oh, that much? Okay. But I will try to be more positive and just a 1-0 is okay. Okay. Uh, Phil, you made a sensible decision last night. W was it a sensible one? I think so. Yeah. You, uh, we were at least, all of us were watching some part of mm -hmm. uh, the Classico. Yeah. Uh, you just watched the first 30 minutes. Yeah, I was, honestly, I was bored. Um, <laughs> I I, that's because you didn't do. watch the rest. Yeah, well, mm. yeah. Well, I actually went to bed angry because okay. I was... It was such a rubbish game and I was so annoyed at having spent 90 minutes to see absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, from your 30 minutes or from anybody else's, this has to be the worst class in living memory. Well, I mean, it was the first nil-nil since 2002. Yeah. Um, 
which for me is living memory. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. You know, I think the way both teams are positioned in the league, maybe neither one wanted to really go for it. Um, but yeah, even just watching, it was quite slow, very scrappy in midfield. I think Frankie Dion was part of a midfield three and it just ended up being him by himself because Rakitic didn't want to touch the ball. And uh, Valverde was just following people around for Real Madrid. So it was like just stuck in the middle. I mean, there were a few chances off the line, PK and Ramos, but... I don't know. It's just where we are at the moment. No team is too exciting or vibrant and people were maybe clamouring for a, a Clasico of old with the, you know, the Ronaldinho's and the Ronaldo's and the Ozil's and the Messi's at yeah. the peak, but we're just not there at the moment, which is fine. It's, I, it happens. You mean for both sides, the quality's not there? Yeah. I okay. got a bit the impression that, yeah, Real Madrid was not going for it, but Barcelona could not go for yeah, it. Yeah, like, I agree. They, didn't, yeah. they couldn't play. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what to do with the ball. Yeah, at some Why? stage, Messi was in like the halfway line just trying to do something, but then Suarez and Griezmann were like magnets. Everything was being repelled by their first touches, so it was... It was just horrible to watch. Mm. You say that the Barcelona couldn't go for it. Is that the midfield issues? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think even Messi was a bit lost there. He made like a very good pass uh, at some Alba. moment. Yeah. Mm. But then after that, like, n- did nothing. It was as if he was playing against Liverpool in that 4 0. But there, he had like very good marking from Fabinho. And but Real Madrid didn't really make an effort to annul Messi like that. So I got the feeling that Barcelona's lost. I get the feeling for the whole season like that. But of course, because they're playing like very small and, you know, not so good teams in Spain, they, they keep winning. But I don't know. Real Madrid, on the other hand, I think they're improving. But yesterday, they were more or less like satisfied with the nil-nil. It's one point, you know, they can maybe win the home, at home, the Clásico. I thought Real Madrid were much the better side. Yeah, actually, I think they, I don't think they were actually happy with the, with the result or like with the 0-0 because they, I mean... I think they were clever about it because you know Barcelona is, a, is the home team. They they should you know have more control and they they want to have it either way. Closed up midfield, kind of cut off the the attack of, of Barca, and then they had like these these moments like these um, attacks where they actually were the more um, dangerous side from my point of view. Also, if if you look at you know like they had two scenes like in the middle of the first half where they should have gotten a penalty at least like the the bail one where he's being pulled I know that the Varane one where he's being pulled down um, that's definitely a penalty to me and if they score that one you know they, they already won zero up they had that bail goal in the second half where it was um, offside but you know it was very close as well they, they had their chances and in the end they could have easily gone away with a 1-0 2-0 victory which which you know would have helped them tremendously so I think it was actually quite smart how they, they went about it like not too much risk but actually you know they, they had chances to, to seal a victory there any complaints about the bail goal uh, I think it was at least I watched it on the zone it was very tough to see because they didn't really have a right angle for it and like the one that they had was actually blurry and like pixelated it's like <laughs> so it's kind of huh it's a little weird you know like I think some Real Madrid fans might have some theories about why it was pixelated <laughs> you know the ones with the aluminum hats um, yeah. no but I think you could see him lean in a little bit and then if you looked at like the how the, the um, grass is cut you know like you have the line there it's kind of mm-hmm. like to me it looked like it was like, yeah like we've talked about this VAR offsides oh. already. If 
if it's a v, it's an offside, it's an attacking ball. So the guy, the, the attacker is also always going to be leaning towards the goal. And the defenders, you know, maybe trying to put him offside, leaning towards the other side of the pitch. So, of course, there's going to be one shoulder, one head or whatever, the knee. A left toe. Or, yeah. So mm. I think now that we have VAR and there's all this technology and this, they should adapt the rule and maybe put like the foot, the knee, from the knee down, something like that. Make it the more specific part of the body that is offside. Because otherwise, there's always going to be a little tip of the ear that is going to be it's offside. Yeah, it does get a bit ridiculous after a while. Yeah. Bale, I think, has, scored, has had four goals ruled out in the Classico. I don't remember that. In total? Really? Yeah, in total. Oh. Yeah, so they're obviously anti-Gareth Bale. <laughs> That's quite clear. Well, Anything? that means they're Madridistas, right? Uh, they are Madridistas, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, see what you did there. Uh, very good. Uh, anything else to say about the uh, Classico? Anybody well, else? I hope that... I wish you want to talk that about Casemiro? Or? Well, yeah, well, he, I wish that Zidane had put Rodrigo in uh, earlier because I think that he would have been really motivated. His first Classico and he's been on a very good shape. So I, I wish wishing that that would happen. Maybe he could make a difference there. And then he didn't. And then uh, Vinicius was like warming up up until the end of the match. So that was a bit disappointing for me. Do you know, actually, what the best point of the whole Classico was for me was Sergio Ramos's moustache. <laughs> That's what that was. What I was most excited about. That's what got me tells, going. Tells the story, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's the story I want to read, Helga. No, that's what like I the classical, say. like apparently was not that great. If that's the one thing. Yeah, if that's were. the if that's the thing yeah. I'm excited about. <laughs> if that and people throwing balls onto a pitch is the most exciting thing about the classical, that's not a good classical. Let's put it at that. Okay, uh, it was English Avoca in the Bundesliga. It was. English of vodka. That's I wish, all. I wish I wouldn't have been, but yeah. Okay, bit of work, bit too much work for you. That's <laughs> no, all. It was the game for my team, but. Oh yeah, well we get to that. Day. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, jumping the gun here. Yeah, uh, Leipzig played Dortmund. Yes. First v third, old v new. That was a cracking game. It was very good. Yeah. And we we watched the highlights together, Helga. We did. It was a touching moment. Uh, let's talk about Berkey. <laughs> yes, let's let's please do that. For those who missed out, explain his night because it was an eventful night for Berkey. Yeah, so for him, like, it has been like his career. You know, like, he's always had these these games or even stretches of games where he has been amazing, and like, he, he had had one of those like the last couple of weeks. He was outstanding. He had a very good start to the night as well because the first half I think it was two zero still. Oh, he couple of great saves. Yeah, like mm. with, the, with the header of of uh, Viana, for example, after a corner it was amazing. But then he he did what he does. In, he, in, pulled a Berkey. <laughs> he pulled a Berkey. He pulled a Berkey. So there was a long ball, and he ran out, tried to do like Manuel Neuer, tried to head it towards uh, the left back. But apparently, he's not. <coughs> Apparently he's not very good at headers. That's something we learned yesterday. So he just headed it right into the path of, of Werner. He just scored the the two one, uh, the one two for for the Leipzig's view. Completely changed the game. Yeah, because Dortmund was hardly completely in control before that. Like the two zero was completely like it was well deserved. It was was all, all like it was Dortmund's game, and then Berkey changed it with that. Um, and he was miles out too. Yeah, he was. He's like he's almost at the center circle. 
I think like 30, 35 meters out probably. Yeah. And yeah, so afterwards he was actually good again, but he just, he just killed the game. Oh, there were other scenes as well, but he certainly didn't help it. Well, who was it that made the second mistake? Was it Julian Brandt? That was Julian Brandt, yeah. He yeah, just was... got the ball in midfield, turned around, because he, he was under pressure, so he didn't want to turn to, uh, towards the def- uh, the, the, the uh, Leipzig player that was attacking him. And so he tr- he thought he completely overlooked Werner, who was like his coach said afterwards. And I was almost like, luckily you're lazy sometimes, because <laughs> he didn't. Like, Werner attacked before he didn't run back. He just was offside like 20 meters, I think, because he just like strolled back slowly, and then Brand overlooked him, tried to pass it back to Berkey, and. Yeah, Werner just had to run in. I think it was the easiest two goals he's ever scored in his in his career. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and Jaden Sancho came to the rescue once again. Almost like he, he scored. Well, he, he scored the thirty-two, yeah. and then but also like the third one was another mistake by the defense of Dortmund. Like it wasn't as grave as the first two, but uh, Guerrero completely misjudged uh, the pass from the uh, who was it? Anyone who? It was like a defender of... Yeah, like he You're looking at us pass. like we know German football. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you for that. And then, yeah, he just um, like un- underrun it. What's, what's the English word for it? Like, Underhanded? No, he just like, like, he just misjudged it and like, okay. didn't, didn't reach it anymore. Um, so, yeah, make of that what you will. But that's kind of like Dortmund for you. Like, amazingly in attacks sometimes, but kind of like shooting themselves in the foot recently. And you would, you would urge anybody to go look at Julian Brandt's skill for his goal? That, yes. Like, he's... Also, like inconsistent, you can see it there. Like he's really amazing with his goal, his control when he gets that pass from Sancho is amazing, and it's they it's a really beauty of a goal. And then he has that scene with the two-two, and like, yeah, but it's a fun game to watch. Like if you just if you have the opportunity, just watch the highlights. It's amazing. Okay, uh, Leipzig. We talked a little bit about them last week. We didn't go into too much detail. Uh, they are top. Yes. Uh, they will almost certainly be winter champions. Well, that's not necessarily clear, but yeah. Well, <laughs> Let's I'm, go for it. well no, I'm making I'm making a prediction here. I'm I'm yeah. going with it. Uh, what is it that's gone so right for them? So is it just Nagelsmann or? Yes, and I mean a lot of things have been going right before already. When they had uh, Rangnick last season, still like they were this typical Red Bull. Like, you can call them Red Bull, but you know, like they are this typical yeah. Red Bull side where they they have the counter pressing, high pressing. Um, but Nagelsmann came in and he combined that with um, more possessional ideas where he's just like almost all the passes they do are diagonal like there's like nothing like holding the ball like horizontal passes he's just like always going forward um, coming in between the lines of like midfield and defense like that quite easily and uh, then they're overloading the box which is they almost all the time they're just going to come in from the sides and they have like four or five players in the box and then it's just a matter of time if you have have that happen all the time they're going to score at some point it's really hard to play against them yeah I went to the Olympia Stadium to watch them play Hertha and I was impressed by that there's always a surprise player showing up in attack yeah. getting a like diagonal pass that you're not expecting so it's very tricky for the defense they're very fast also yeah they have all these young players also they can rest them because they have like a very very even squad with a lot of good players in there and young players fast players technically strong players in all positions it's it's really tough playing against them yeah okay so Spurs uh, are in for a treat Spurs are in for a treat indeed uh, one of the things uh, or one club who things are not going right for <laughs> oh poor Werder poor Werder Braven yeah. 5-0 defeated the hands of Mainz yeah Mainz Mainz on Tuesday 
and home. Most people don't even know what that club is. Twenty-five percent of Mainz's goals this season came in that game. <laughs> that's, that's the sort of statistic I have right there. Uh, go on, Helga. Again. Tell tell the people what they want to hear about Bremen. Uh, the whole season has been. I wish we had a video now just to show, <laughs> just to show oh, how deflated he's he deflated he's almost become. You know, it's, it's also like I've been talking about this a lot. I'm trying to come up with new ways of saying things. Um, let's think the season has been terrible from the start. Like they made some risky transfers when it came to uh, injury-prone players, and that has just backfired completely. With who? Uh, Phil Krug, who was the replacement for Max Kruse, who went to Fenerbahce. He was... I wanted to switch it up. He's like really like a like a playing goal scorer, not like more of a playmaker type of cruiser, but he got injured with a torn ACL. Uh, they got in uh, Toprak, who was supposed to be like a fast man in defense, which is sorely lacking right now, and like, he's out basically for half of the season already. So these are players that, that were supposed to raise the quality and just didn't work. Then at some point they had 11 injured players in general just at the same time. Wow. So... Yeah, there was not like a lot of stuff has been going wrong, and then mm-hmm. now there's I guess like a ton of individual mistakes of uh, set pieces that are being defended horribly. I think there's like 12, 13 goals against Bremen like on set pieces alone. Forty goals in sixteen league games they've conceded. Yes, <laughs> that's what you get when you have players like Velkovic. You know, in the second goal uh, on Tuesday, he like it was a cross coming in, and he get it like against his shin, goes against the post, against the back of the goalkeeper, goes in. It's just like it's. Perfectly summarizing the the season that Bremen has. So okay, are you going to be okay? So far, yeah. Just just you, I mean, just generally, are you <laughs> going to be okay? Uh, but what about what about Bremen for this season? The, the, it's getting close to relegation. Well, they they yeah. Right now, it's like they're on the relegation playoff spot. Um, they got in saying they wanted to challenge for Europe, which was like now, of course, it's like being thrown back at them, but. Like quality-wise, I would say they have the squad of like tenth, like between ten and twelve in the league. So if you're there, you can easily be like, "Oh, we don't want to get relegated," or you kind of go, "Let's let's at least try to mm-hmm. like be a surprise team, like let's look upwards." Uh, that's definitely done. Uh, not even if they had like a miraculous, you know, uh, second half of the season. There, that's that's done. Now it's just like trying to get out of the, that relegation zone as quick as possible. Okay. Well, for their luck, they have tough competition for the relegation because, you know, Cologne, Paderborn, they're not yeah. really... They're helping them out. Well, <laughs> not Paderborn because they beat them, but <laughs> there's going to be tough competition for the last spots. Yeah, that's, that's the good part. There's like five, Tough six, competition for the last Yeah, there's <laughs> like five to six teams this year and Jonas right there like that they are really... On the quality, like they, they are not necessarily... Okay. Uh, we mentioned Cologne. They had a good win last night and a late win for Bayern, starring Robert Lewandowski's 30th goal of the season. Just in, in all competitions. In all competitions, but yeah. still, yeah. 30 goals yeah. and it's December. Well, Gabi Go had 43 goals on season. <laughs> 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 Always comes back to Flamengo. Uh, the most important thing about this game, though, is Joshua Xerxes. Xerxes, yeah. Wow. Is it right that he scored an. It, with his first touch yeah on his debut yeah wow being 18 years old and they were one uh, they were it was, it was one, one all right it was one all in okay. the 92nd minute I think he scored mm-hmm. after a pass from what was it Gnabry a nice pass yeah. Yeah. 18 years 210 days wow that's annoying 
<laughs> really annoying. What do you know about him? What can you tell us? Uh, yes, he's relatively new to the Bayern. He is. First yeah, he's team. Been, he's been three weeks with the first team training. Uh, obviously, now first game. Um, just like two or three minutes. Uh, came from Feyenoord. He's a Dutch uh, under nineteen national uh, international player. Um, so far, like normally, he's been playing for the reserve team in the third league of Germany. Um, showing some struggle a little bit like to adapt like to senior football because he's he's been outstanding in the in the uh, sub 19 and uh, under 19 under mm-hmm. um 17 where he's uh, i actually wrote that down 16 goals in each uh years like in Ooh. 19 and 21 games so that's going great for him still not as many as gabby goal but whatever <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's uh, like in the youth level. He's shown that he is very like a very dangerous striker. Uh, eight goals in uh, nine youth league games. Same for the Dutch under nineteen. So he's he's really like on that level. He's shown it now. He's adapting to senior level. But yeah, being eighteen, still has some time there. He'll what be else? good. He looks to be good. Yeah, he's like also like nine meter ninety three. Like he has like, nine meters ninety three. Yeah, one meter ninety three. Actually, I'm. Yeah, one meter ninety three. Oh, you said nine meters ninety three. That did would I? be particularly tall. Did I? Yeah. Well, he looks it. No, I, <laughs> one, one meter ninety three. Um, sorry for that. He's just six foot four. <laughs> if you want to uh, put it into our our terms, let's yeah. say. Yeah, that's quite tall. Yeah, it is. Same height as Pierre van Hooydonk. Oh, you, you've read that piece. Oh, we've read the same piece. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's also the third youngest player to ever score a Bundesliga goal for Bayern. Alfonso Davies was one of the others. Can anybody guess the, the third? Thomas Müller? No, not quite. Former Blackburn legend. And Santa Nancy, Cruz. Santa Cruz. Oh. Yeah, very good knowledge, Phil. All right. Phil, speaking of your London uh, your London team, your Arsenal team. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Mikel Arteta. Yes. It's going to be tomorrow, is it? Friday. Today or tomorrow. Today yeah, or tomorrow. Thursday or Friday, okay. yeah. Uh, the popular choice amongst the fans, I guess. Um, I'd oh. say he's he's a popular choice. I don't think I think many would have per- preferred like someone like Pochettino, but he pretty much ruled that out with his Spurs links. So look, we kind of need to be bold and a bit creative now. And if there's no one else, then we might as well try and have the next big thing before someone else gets him. So would he have been your first choice? I wanted him last year oh. uh, when Emery was there. So and I think we were a bit. <laughs> Uh, poor in our conduct towards him because it was sort of him the whole way and then oh the last 48 hours it was Emery um, but I think he will be received well um, he's, he was our captain he's, he was there for a pretty awful period for Arsenal and he and along with Perma Adesaka just came in and were like look this is how we're going to do things from now on so he's got a lot of respect for that anyway he's a smart guy speaks well so I think it's exciting after pretty bad 18 months <laughs> let's just say yeah will um, Mertesacker or Lundberg make up his team or how, are, is he taking some of Pep's team I think he'll, he he'll grab a couple from City um, who that is yeah I'm not sure I think we're trying to poach their head of recruitment as well oh nice um, so they're not too happy uh, with Arsenal at the moment but it'll be a shame for Jumberg because the, the club haven't helped him at all um, they haven't given him any staff they haven't really given him much of a the timeline on what's going to happen so they've, they've sort of played him around a bit but I think he'll stay until the end of the season at least and then as as time goes by they'll start assembling a team 
uh, to put around Arteta. Oh, he'll stay with Arteta till the end. I, pre- I presume so. Okay, um, but we we don't really know yet until it's confirmed. Okay, what does I mean? There's so much for Arteta yeah. to do. But where does he like? What's his sort of top of his inbox once he comes in? I think it's it's more of an attitude. Um, under Emery, he sort of fostered this underdog mentality into the side, which is fine. Um, but that's not really what Arsenal are. I mean, we're not Liverpool, Man City, but we're not, you know, Crystal Palace. So there needs to be a balance. Um, and it's just about finding the confidence again, because at the moment it's it's just sad watching Arsenal. Like someone will get the ball and then it's like, you know, the Red Sea parting in midfield. No one wants to touch it. No one wants to make a mistake. There's no energy or verve in any position. Uh and they're just lost. Um, so if we can focus on getting the basics right, you know, just a general structure, a style of play, um, and then build from there, which is, I think, what most fans understand right now. We're not expecting to be challenging for, for Europe or, or the title. Uh, at the moment, it's just about going back to what Arsenal is and what they represent. And then we'll see what happens from there. I think January is an important one because we're desperate for defenders Mm -hmm. because we don't have a single good defender at the club. Um, So if we can maybe get a centre back in and just sort of build from there, then that's a good start. But David Luiz is there. David Luiz, he he can pass the ball. Uh, It's just everything else that's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just the actual defending. Yeah, which isn't great. Scores some goals from scores some goals. He takes a nice free kick. Um, But I've never, I've never ever seen a back four back off so much. It's just crazy. Like, there's been a few occasions in recent weeks where strikers will be running at Arsenal from the halfway line and they get to our penalty box without being touched. You know, it's just mad. And when you consider we played City last week and they were, I think it was 24 fouls they made. Literally, as soon as we got past the halfway line, bang, Gundogan was in, Rodri was there. Just being a bit savvy, you know, it's just small things like that which can make a huge difference. Any and particular names being mentioned in, in that respect? I mean... Not at the moment. It's still a bit early, um, and Arsenal usually like to keep stuff <clears throat> under wraps. Um, so it's just going to be nice to be excited about Arsenal again, mm. um, and to have a bit of clarity moving forward. So okay. the good thing is there's no expectation. So even if he does badly, there's going to be no one, you know, giving him shit. And then if we do well, then it's then it's only good. So does his sort of legend status at the club that will buy him a lot of time? Think? I think so. Um, he's just a calm, steady guy. But there's also a few rumours around that he's not, you know, a yes man, which will be great for this board because they don't really know what they're doing. So um, <laughs> just someone to have his own idea and style will be will be great. Okay, and you have like the direct, they have all the football director and everything. Yeah, there's about a team of 25 people yeah, all doing nothing. So Will he be able to, there's a lot of talk of Obama and Yang leaving. Mm-hmm. That I guess that's one of the things he'll have to do is convince him to stay or yeah, yeah. I think he's gone in the summer yeah. oh you think so oh yeah. okay I think um, if we don't get Champions League football he, what is he now 31 there'll be a team out there who who can think we can get two years out of this guy or three years out of this guy and he's still scoring at an insane rate for a team as bad as we are so imagine you know on a short term deal somewhere else as long as we get a good fee for him anyone is replaceable and we have a huge rebuild ahead so any funds will be welcome uh, which is a shame to, to lose him but I think we've we've sort of lost him ourselves just through our own negligence really okay um, last night we had the League Cup 
And yes. Before we had the League Cup. And not too much worth mentioning from the games? No, I think all the winners were expected. Um, United finally got through against Colchester after a slow first half. City again. Oxford actually played quite well. Um, they had Dan think, Burke and uh, Alex Mott. Dan Burke, the Alex Mott. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll scrap it out when it comes to January <laughs> when they're back in the office. But um, I think the quality shone through eventually, and uh, Leicester came through against Everton as well um, on penalties after a Leighton Bain screamer. By the way, oh, that if was you, a throwback. If you haven't seen it, yeah, watch it. Um, because I think he was blowing after about 50 minutes. So to pull that out in the 95th it was, <laughs> was, a, was a some strike. And then the semi-finals, obviously, we have Manchester Derby again, another one. Um, and Villa versus Leicester, which is a nice... Quite nice to see one of those two in the Yeah, final. yeah. Um, Leicester are good. Leicester are a good team. Um, and I think they could easily match both of them. Okay. And, and Villa, you know, why not? Let's get why them involved. Not? Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Phil, Joanne and Helga. And that's it from us this year. Enjoy the festive period. We'll be back in January. Should you miss us in the meantime, you can always listen to the back catalogue on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you take your podcasts. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.onefootball.com. Hey.